Welcome to Conscious Confidence Radio, a timeless wisdom with Sarah Main. Balo hosts Sarah Main on her ongoing journey of conscious confidence and gain timeless wisdom to unleash unparalleled confidence. A conscious confidence. Learn to ignite the living spark of wisdom, a new narrative for fulfillment contained in Sanskrit and the ancient, powerful, engaging, and fun conscious conversations to discover your own magnificent true self. Learn to dispel the fear shadow as Sarah provides essential knowledge about embracing change and the power of transformation. Get ready. Conscious Confidence starts now. Hey, everybody. Welcome. I'm Dr. Pat. I am here with Sarah Maine. Sarah's going to tell us about today's show because the episode title for today's show, she and I, uh, we get to work on these together. But one of the things I love is what Sarah does. And if you've ever been on any of the calls that we have when we're planning for this show, one of the things you'll find out is that not only is the depth and the breadth of her knowledge about ancient Sanskrit amazing, but the relevance in today's world and why this is so important, it's just mind-blowing. Um, to, of course, for those of you that know Sarah, she created Conscious Confidence, and you're going to hear a lot more about that. That's what this radio show is about. But Sarah, today's show is something you must have so many people say to you, right? <laughs> Passing on the street, when you tell people what you do, right, they must say, excuse me, did you say Sanskrit? <laughs> Did you actually say that, Sarah? <laughs> Hi, Pat. It's lovely to be here with you. Yeah. 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 I mean, that question, excuse me, did you say Sanskrit? <laughs> um, that, that, that's if their eyes haven't glazed over already. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then when you turn around to them and say, yeah. You see that symbol you have tattooed on your arm right there? (laughs) But it's got to be interesting, though, to be in the world we live in today. And that's really part of what the show's about. You know, it's really a a carry-on from our last show, right? It's part two, so to speak. But it's about the surprising and and literally it is mind-blowing relevance of Sanskrit for today. And I got to tell you, it shows up so often and people don't know that's what it is. Don't you feel that's true? If they don't know that what they're looking at, what they're seeing, they just don't know. And so you must be astonished to know that people ask you that question and it's so relevant in the world, right? Absolutely. Uh, I mean, Look, I've been teaching Sanskrit a long time. I have taught Sanskrit for a long time. So I'm used to meeting people who don't know anything about it. But recently I was presenting at a a small business retreat, group of women, and I just went around the room and said, what do you know about Sanskrit? What do you know? And all of them, you know, just so we, we all have a starting point, and all of them said, oh, Number one, I did. I, I basically never heard of the word until I met you. I get that a lot. <laughs> never heard of the word until I met you, and that's fair enough. Why would you? And um, 
And the second one was uh, just sort of squiggly writing and it's a foreign language. So, that, you know, that's our sort of starting point. Let's say that. Yeah. Oh, and, and, the, and then from there, can I ask you a question from there? What do sure. you then say? What I say is, number one, Sanskrit is a, an ancient Indian language. That's on one level. That is the language that you find in dictionaries and, you know, in, in texts, many texts of the wisdom tradition. It's in ancient Indian language. Fine. That's the Indian subcontinent. Um, but what I'm presenting is there is that, but then there's a whole other dimension to Sanskrit and that's another way that Sanskrit is intimately relevant to us every day. Now, Sanskrit is called the universal language and a mother of languages. And I'm saying a mother of languages rather than the mother of languages, okay, because there's debate amongst uh, academics and um, linguists about that. So I'm saying a mother of languages because Sanskrit is a root or the root of the Indo-European family of languages, which is vast, right? And English is one of the Indo-European uh, languages, fits under that umbrella of the Indo-European family of languages. So when we're speaking English, we're actually pulling in from Sanskrit as we're speaking. So how about that? Well, so, and, and you see, this is part of really understanding the meaning for things. Understand, you know, I think all of us that speak English, right, that are listening to the show, unless you speak another language or you're around people that speak other languages, the nuances are so important. The meanings are so important. And, you know, I I mean, I just had a couple of experiences like that the other day because I'm trying to learn a little bit of Chinese, a little bit of Korean. And, um, you know, the mispronunciation or the misrepresentation of a particular language or a particular word changes it. But the one thing I'm really struck by in the work that you do is the deep meaning of the language. I mean, deep is probably not a good word, but I don't know how else to explain it. These universal messages, the universality of all this. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And and that's really, this is where, you know, you and I are talking and and your listeners and our listeners must be saying, hang on a minute, I'm on Transformation Talk Radio. I want some sort of inspirational, positive message. I've got this woman talking about Sanskrit. What's going on here? (laughs) The thing is, my approach is, and this is one of the approaches I was taught in studying Sanskrit, was not just to study texts, you know, certainly you can do that, but is to take the actual deep meanings that are right at the root of the Sanskrit language, which is where our English meanings are coming from in in a lot of cases, right? There is deep wisdom in the Sanskrit language and it's universal and it's called the universal language. Yeah. And by that, there's two things. There's Sanskrit and there's Sanskrit. Now, I would pronounce it Sanskrit because the, the language doesn't have an at sound in it. It's an at sound. So I'm going to say Sanskrit yeah. and Sanskrit. There's two different things. There's the Sanskrit or Sanskrita. 
that you have in the dictionaries and in texts and things. And then there's Sanskrita, now, which is the universal language. Now, the word Sanskrita means pure and perfectly formed. Pure and perfectly formed. So I'm going to say to you, when you hear that still small voice within, you know, when we fall quiet and we mm. just know something, that still small voice, even before it's translated into the language that we speak, like in our case English, or if someone was speaking German, they'd hear it in German, that language of the vernacular is one is another level. But the actual knowing itself is a language and it's always pure and perfectly formed. Mm. We hear that still small voice. It never puts us wrong. It's never wrong. It's always exactly right and perfect and pure and perfectly formed. And that is Sanskrita. Mm. So when we talk about the language of the universe, it's literally a reflection. The, the language of Sanskrit that you find in dictionaries is a reflection of that pure and perfectly formed language where we just know and we have to be still for that in the present moment. And so there's Sanskrit and there's Sanskrit. Yes, <laughs> there is. Right. There is. And, and, you know, I'm really struck by this because, you know, somebody asked me the other day, I was talking about Iran, and they said, you're talking about Iran. I said, so what did I say? They said, you said Iran. I said, yeah, I was talking about Iran. And the reason that I, I, I'm like that is because very dear friend, my doctor, of course, her entire family. And so I've been around people that talk about things very differently than we hear come across. But the one thing I want to ask you about, which is so important, is the popularity of this in young people. I, 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 uh, and Sarah, I, I'm not going to take up a lot of time here. We can talk about it, you know, when we have one of our calls, but I am struck by what the energy of this is and how, and I say young people and I don't have an age on it, but people of a youthful energy are so drawn to it in so many ways. Everything from prayers that are sung to the music. I mean, I could go on. And I've got to ask you, is that true for you where you sit? Are you finding that? Or you know, is it just something that I seem to be tapping into with the music side of it? What are you finding? Absolutely. When, when the, the sort of door is open and people actually hear about Sanskrit and so they're open and receptive and they hear just even one word and they actually hear it, you can see there's an immediate effect, it, the, the potency in the language because the language itself is unchanged. Um, and so because of this aspect that it's, it's ancient, it's timeless and it's unchanged, all the knowledge and the potency and the energy it has remained intact, right? And, and it has that purity about it. It's pure and perfectly formed. And so the meaning is what it does. So if you say shanti, shanti means peace. And if you actually say that word and hear it, that's the effect it has at the time. Mm. It brings peace. You connect with peace. And so 
it, this is where the importance of meaning comes in and this is the work that I've done in the book that I've written is taking some very core simple principles and just opened up the meaning via Sanskrit and the meaning in an experiential way. Uh, and I find young people, that's what they want these days. They want the knowledge. They're hungry for some knowledge and they want the experience and they want to be connected with something meaningful and valuable. And that's what I've put together in the work that I'm doing. And it's really for young, pre predominantly for young people or young at heart people um, who want that transition into adulthood from a basis of timeless wisdom. So, you know, people think, oh, Sanskrit and all that's just old. It isn't. It's absolutely mm -hmm. fresh and new right now. It's the language of the universe. It's the mother of the languages we're speaking, certainly in English and all the Indo-European languages of German, French, you know, Italian, all the all those languages. Um, and it has the meaning intact. And so if you actually hear these words and get back to the root forms underneath the words, you, it refreshes and redefines and clarifies your thinking. And when that happens, you think differently, you feel differently, you speak differently and therefore you act differently and you create a new future for yourself. It's very practical. It, it, it's very practical. And I want to ask you about this because I know that, you know, for example, you mentioned your upcoming book. I'm so excited. I'm just like, I'm just... <laughs> just so thrilled to really see how you're bringing this to the world because we need another alternative now. Yeah. Um, you know, we, the last show we did, I was talking with you about my experience of, you know, in the field I'm in and looking at the children and the young people. So we have two ends of the spectrum right now. Not that there isn't anybody in the middle, Sarah, but we have this group of young people and we have the group of more senior people, as I shall call them, the, the folks that are moving into that ageless realm. And what I'm discovering every time a new report comes out, I'm discovering how absolutely healing what you're talking about would be for both. Now, that doesn't mean we don't have groups in the middle because there's always a middle. But what I'm looking at is the stress and what's happening to people, you know, what they're challenged with every day. And the mm -hmm. question is, can we bring that message of peace? Uh, can we bring that message and start to um, infuse the world with the absolute assurance of this amazing energy. And the reason, Sarah, let me ask you, when I got sick in 04, I was given a CD by somebody I don't even remember now. And the CD was of this, this several women, but this one woman in particular that had a breakout, a chant, oh, what you want to call it, prayer, I call it. And I put that CD in and, and Sarah, every treatment I got, I was playing that music and I couldn't tell you what she was saying. Not a, I, I can now. So let me just say thanks to you. <laughs> I now know. But the power of that is so understated. Can you talk a little bit 
on this transitioning from, you know, to adulthood and how absolutely chaotic it seems to youth and what what we can do about this. Right. You know what we can do about the situation. Well, yeah, the, you know, you, the transition from adulthood, we, you start with the child, so, you know, that's all the potentials there. It's unformed, the potentials there, but it's not fully manifest. They're growing, they're open, they're learning, they're receptive. So they're like, especially, you know, from, from zero to five, but certainly five to ten, that magic period when they first start school, formal schooling, they're like sponges. They're open and full of faith. That is a absolute characteristic they're full of faith they will take on everything that's said so you have to be very careful what is said and the best thing to give the child and you want to give them the finest food of the physical mental emotional and spiritual dimensions all those different dimensions to feed them is you want to give them the finest food and obviously people are very careful about the physical food but what about the mental food what about the emotional and the spiritual as well, because everything that's taken in is food, it's nourishment, feeding the different part of the child. And at that age, it's forming the capital from which the child then builds their life and grows their life. So you want to get in the simple principles, the universal principles that don't change, that are fundamental. And one of them is that you are a limitless being. That doesn't mean you can just run around doing whatever you like. Obviously, there's more to it. But the fundamental is you are a limitless spiritual being, basically, in a, inhabiting a physical form. Um, and there are, you know, it, it goes down to the principles of all the subjects they're learning and so on. Get the universals in early uh, before every all the limits come in because the limits will, will be there, right? Yeah. So... So that's the start and Sanskrit forms the basis of that um, and can form the basis of that. And simple things like hearing the word Shanti, for example, <clears throat> learning some simple principles and we, where I taught, we use Sanskrit and they're incredibly powerful. Um, and I actually met up with a, a young, uh, one of my students, he's now in his mid-20s and he's, he discovered, he heard this Sanskrit prayer, I don't know, he was out and about, and he said, I, I heard it and I recognised it and I knew I knew it. And he said, and I didn't know how I knew it. And I said, I know how you knew it. I taught you <laughs> when you were five years old and it went in and he'd forgotten that. Now in his mid-20s, it was drawn out because he heard it and he loves it and he's studying composing. And he's actually composed this whole piece of music with this prayer, for this prayer, fresh new music for this prayer. Sorry, and that's going to lead me to, to to talking about you know the the not just the relevance because I know we're using that word relevance in the show today because it, it's an important word. It's an important word, um, but there is a timelessness of this. And yeah. let's talk about this for a minute in in terms of society, right? And reestablishing what you call reestablishing what has been forgotten. Now, the reason I want to bring it up is because since our last show, I went and did some research. I went and I went I went to my colleagues. And I asked them about the study, the neuroscience of it, and what they're saying, and we can talk about it when we come back from break, and what they're saying 
just blew me away from their perspective. But I've been hearing you talk about this now since I've known you, since I've gotten to know you. And I think we need a minute, if we could, to talk about this this ancient wisdom and what I think you call the, the uh, let me, but I don't want to blow this, the mother of languages, yeah? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, yeah. Well, the mother of languages is that the, uh, Sanskrit is the uh, a root of the a root language for the Indo-European family of languages. So, you know, we think that Sanskrit is completely separate. Here we are speaking English in, you know, and you, we're in a Western society and we think, okay, what Sanskrit got to do? That's an ancient Indian language. But actually, this is what happened with the linguists who, the British linguists and um, scholars who were over in India, <clears throat> they were the ones who noticed that there was a correlation between English words and Latin and Greek because they were classicists and the Sanskrit that they started to study. And they worked with sages and, and scholars and they had to coax the knowledge out of them because it had been kept hidden, as it were. But once they gained their trust, they started doing studies and discovered that English and Latin and Greek and all these European languages, Indo-European languages, were being derived from Sanskrit. There were roots in Sanskrit. And so actually what we're doing is tapping into this incredible thread, this energy of um, language, which is a thread of knowledge and a thread of consciousness. And by dipping into that, it's absolutely timeless, which means timeless and universal means it's relevant all the time. If it's not relevant right now, then it's not yeah. universal. Because universal means anywhere at any time. And so to reawaken to this and to go back and look at the meanings we have for things, and this is how I got into this because I knew about all the sort of looking at uh, etymology, Sanskrit etymology and, and meaning, and I started thinking about this word confidence and when I started going that into confidence and looking at what the Sanskrit said about confidence, which I'd never done before, it just opened my eyes and I suddenly saw this was a way forward. Because one of the things that I find young people struggle with is uh, a lot of anxiety and uncertainty and it leads to a lot of uh, depression and other things, more devastating. But to start just with anxiety and fear, there's so much talk about it. There's so many issues around it. People are struggling with it. I, I mean, I really get that. And I thought, well, what is this? How can Sanskrit help in transitioning to adulthood from a point of conscious confidence? So there is certainty, there is surety. And if you feel uncertain, you have an anchor within yourself because it has to start from an anchor within yourself. And I suddenly all these pieces of my background and my training came together in a way that could serve young people better now. Um, rather than just pulling together a bit of psychology here and a bit of this there and something you see online there and a meme here and there, that actually something that's going to help. And it works. It just works. 
you know, let's talk about the fact that it just works for a minute, because one of the things that uh, we're starting to see more and more studies of this nature, and what they're doing is they're looking at what they call the power of chanting, and not just chanting, they're talking about Sanskrit. They now call it the Sanskrit effect, or Sanskrit effect. They're calling it the effect. And what they're doing is they're trying to capture what you have put so beautifully in, con- in in conscious confidence, what you have laid out in your programs and a way to work through this. And, and what, what this talks to is it talks to a state of being. And I found this for myself when I was on my healing journey, a state of being where time stands still. And I don't know if I'm explaining that well, but time stands still. And there's a debate now as to whether it is the memorization of the words of the prayer of the chant. There is a, there's a debate on that. And my case is perhaps it has to do with the energy and the power of what's being said and the absolute universal connection that goes back for so many years. I mean, we're talking about something that goes back, back, back far. Um, in the wisdom around it, are we in today's world? This is my question um, that I want to talk about before we go to break. Um, I want to talk about um, what it is that we should capture. And what I mean by that is for me, my healing journey, and I'm telling you, you could not take these CDs away. Now, of course, everything's in digital form. But for me, over and over and over and over again, and still to this day, I will go on YouTube and start my day with one very specific prayer mantra song. And I wanted to ask you, is that the pure and perfectly formed energy of this? Yeah, yeah. The the immediate effect that the meaning itself meaning is what it does right the meaning of something is what it does the effect it has so the thing with sanskrit if you just fall still and listen to it is it has an immediate effect of what it and and that is pure and perfectly formed it's intact within the language itself so when you hear the word shanti that's the effect it has. It may not be, you know, the completely profound at that moment. Depends on your state. But the more you fall still, shanti, that piece is deeper and deeper and deeper. So these prayers in particular are so profoundly powerful. <clears throat> and I, I saw that study, the, the Sanskrit effect. And remember <laughs> decades ago they started looking into Mozart and it was the Mozart effect. Now it's right. the Sanskrit effect. Right. These, these chants are very, very powerful. And you've noticed right from the get-go with, with um, my show Conscious Confidence, I've been chanting a sip, one of the simple prayers at the end of each show and there's always a stillness there. You can't help it. It just happens. And I've taught it for years and it, it always happens. Mm. Um, so it's absolutely pure and perfectly formed in the very vibration of the language. Obviously good pronunciation is important because then that assists um, the transmission of that meaning and that effect. Um, but that is what Sanskrit does. And just that 
sense, you know, when you're, you're still a new, an answer comes as to what you need to do. And it's even before it's translated into English into yeah. your mind. It's always pure and perfectly formed and everything is um, just right at that moment. It doesn't separate. It unites. There's just something about that language and it's pure and perfectly formed. And that is a form of Sanskrit. That's the universal nature of Sanskrit that your mind can't interpret. It's right. it's back before right. all the, ch- the chattering mind that we have all the time. This It's sort of incomprehensible, really. It is. And, you know, part of this, we're going to talk about this when we come back from break. We're going to talk about meaning. We're going to talk about key meanings through Sanskrit. Sanskrit. We're going to talk about why, even through people that are absolutely not as knowledgeable as Sarah is, but people, for some reason whatsoever, the meaning of something in Sanskrit, the way it shows in, especially in visual form, what is it about that, you know, that clearly lights people up? What is it that creates that energy? And what is it about what Sarah is teaching through conscious confidence that will enable us to really not only create our lives, but understand how we are doing that. Let's take a short break. We'll be right back. I'm Dr. Pat Pure with Sarah Main, and you're listening to Conscious Confidence Radio. We'll be right back. You know that moment when you realize you've mastered your wellness or that you will never fall off the roller coaster of life? Well, yeah, me either. But I still ride unicorn. I will teach you how to become a mindset master. You will learn how your habits and behavior affect the success of your nutrition and exercise, relationships, organization, and so much more. Motivation doesn't arrive in an email, so stop waiting for it. You have to take action, then motivation follows. I am Coach Peggy Wells. Get out of your comfort zone and recognize the simple truth. We aren't that special. We all have crap to deal with, and we all have a lot more in common than not. I want to spark you into action. We will learn, love, and laugh together. So join me every first and third Monday at 3 p.m. Pacific for Coach Couch and Coffee Radio, where you will learn that being happy and healthy is way more than carrot sticks and squats. Talk to you later. How many times do you find yourself saying, it was nothing? Next time someone tells you, great job, you'll know how to accept it and not deflect it by listening to Courage to be Seen Radio with host Sherry Clark. Sherry Clark is an experienced global engineering leader, coach, and mentor. From her experiences one-on-one coaching to corporate consulting and executive coaching, Sherry has learned many women need at least three things to discover and face success. Learn about the ACES program, how to survive male-dominated fields with grace and authenticity, and reach the top without ever once giving up on who you are. Courage to be Seen host Sherry Clark explores the awesome power of your entire self. Check out her website, CourageToBeSeen.com, and listen to the first Tuesday of the month at 11 a.m. Pacific with host Sherry Clark. You have the courage to be seen. See you later. In the 70s, Dudley and Dean Evanson traveled the country in a converted school bus with their growing family, documenting the new consciousness that was emerging. 
through this adventure, a movement of sound healing was born. Now, Soundings of the Planet is celebrating 40 years of peace through music. Listen to their music for free on all streaming services. Search Dean Evanson to access their expansive catalog on Pandora, Spotify, Amazon, iTunes, and YouTube. Visit soundings.com for more info, their blog, podcast, Quieting the Monkey Mind book excerpts, free downloads, and more. Welcome, everyone. Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back. So we started the show out today, like talking about probably a comment question that Sarah gets all the time. And that is, excuse me, did you say Sanskrit? I mean, maybe that is what is said. But clearly, when I say it, people really look at me and not quite sure what to say. But (laughs) But today's show is, for the most part, to understand the power of this, this universal language that is now translating not just into modern times, but into, in the United States, our pop culture. And nine nine out of ten folks don't know that that's what's happening. Uh, Sarah, before we, we continue, how can people find out more about you and how can they find out about your coaching and the programs? Because we are going to talk about one of your programs coming up here now. How can they find out more? Yeah, go to my website, which is consciousconfidence.com. That's consciousconfidence.com. Do you want me to spell it? C-O-N-S-C-I-O-U-S, confidence, C-O-N-F-I-D-E-N-C-E. I hope I spelled that correctly. Consciousconfidence.com. Go to my website. All my uh, programs are there. Uh, There's a free download. Just give me your email address and I'll send you. It's a two-part video series that I've put together with worksheets that you can download. Um, And it's an alignment guide where I talk you through, based on the Sanskrit concept of balance, santulana, about balance and how to bring that into your life for your body, your mind, your heart and your spirit so you're in alignment as a whole person, very simply and practically. So it's a two-video series, Design Your Own Alignment Guide. So if you're feeling stressed and out of sorts, come back and get some new knowledge. It's very simple, very beautiful and very practical. And that's on my website, consciousconfidence.com. Thank you. Thank you for that. And uh, and Sarah Main, of course, is the host of the of this show, Conscious Confidence Radio. You know, today, one of the things we are talking about is this is a continuing conversation from a previous one we had. It really does look at the direction that this timeless wisdom uh, holds and what it means to be on the journey with it. And that's part of what we're gonna talk about today. One of the things, Sarah, I'm really struck by is, I'm not sure how it is worldwide, but I will tell you that that values now is playing a very key role in a number of places, a very key role. Uh, And and all you need to do is look at the headlines even abroad and you'll see that value distinction or differences or commonality are really at the core uh, of people and how they connect or not connect. Um, and let's talk a little bit about that because before the break, I said that this is how we create our lives. And so 
Talk about the meaning of that and the new meaning that you're sensing, seeing through Sanskrit. Yeah, well, the meaning of something is what it does. So if you think of lion, immediately, if you were standing in front of lion, right, the meaning of that lion in that moment is fear, you know, self-preservation, and you'd run, okay? Um, you see the meaning of a, of a kitten and a completely different response is drawn out. So the meaning is what's actually drawn out, what it does, okay? Um, and so because of that, that determines, and these meanings are held subconsciously, so we're mostly unaware of them, but they're active all the time. They're popping up, determining our thoughts, our feelings, our words and our actions, and that's how we create our life, through our thoughts, feelings, words and actions. So the thing is with Sanskrit, and, and I was blessed to be taught this from an early age, is how to go back and clarify the meanings that we hold uh, so that we can clarify these subconscious sometimes limits that we hold. And I looked into the word values because I'd never done that before. Yeah. And it blew my mind actually because yeah. I know there's, there's tons of work done on values and I found two words in particular that, that stood out for me in Sanskrit. There's mulyam and argha. Um, and I knew those words in a, in a different context, but mulyam means the root of something. Um, and it, it comes from, and Sanskrit has all, uh, each word in Sanskrit comes from a root form and a whole lot of words grow from there like a seed, like a plant. And the root of mulyam it, it, it's all around the root of something and a strong root uh, is found where there's flourishing and prospering. So basically if you want to test if something's worthy or of value, then look at its result. If there's flourishing and prosperity and it's strong, then obviously that's a strong root. If it's weak and confused and lost, that's a weak root you know, or it's rootless, it lacks a root, it lacks an anchor. So the indication of good roots is flourishing and strength, right? So if you take that in terms of values, if someone's struggling to live their lives, I can guarantee that they will be unclear about what their values are. And we need the values because they are one of the very drivers of our lives, whether we're aware of it or not. So the Sanskrit, just by talking about the root and the flourishing, is an incredible indication and direction for us to just to look very simply at what is important in our lives. And that will clarify your day-to-day -day mm. activities. I find that. I go back and say, what's important to me? Stillness is important to me. That's a value of mine. Freedom's important to me. Kindness is, an import is important to me. And refinement and excellence is important to me. They're my values. And I go back to those every single day. And that guides what I do. Mm -hmm. um, the other one is arika. And arika means to honour. So we have the root with mulyam and arika means to honour. And honour is like the honour that you give to an honoured guest 
a guest that you welcome into your house. Imagine you open the front door and there's a guest that you really respect and honour and you welcome them in. You don't just say, oh, you know, help yourself. You usually invite them to sit in the best chair. You get out your best china. You'll make them the best coffee that you can make. You offer them things. You make sure they're comfortable. It's natural. So that concept of honour is very, very powerful. And if we take that as one of our, um, as an element of values and think about what do we welcome into the home in our heart as an honoured guest, then we'd be much more careful and alert as to what we're holding in our heart because we're basically offering the very best of ourselves to what we hold in our heart like an honoured guest. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, so that's two aspects where Sanskrit just gives you different dimensions to think about this word values, and values is everywhere now. Yeah, it is. Um, it, it is everywhere. And what I what I think it's important to talk about is you and I are not talking about defining values for people. You know, that is a very subjective and individual perspective. Yeah. You know, I, I mean, not only for individuals, but also as cultures and cultures emerge, right? Yeah. You know, we have things that come from our families and maybe some values that had turned into traditions, right? And, you know, based on how we gather get and how we get together. And when values become at, at ends with, with each other, and what I mean by that is, you, you know, whether it be in a relationship, whether it be, you know, in school, whether it be in a family, whether it be in a group, a community, a church, a government, you know, there is the very core of what you said, this strong root that gets jostled for people. Mm -hmm. um, and I think it's a large part of what we're seeing in our youth right now. And we're not really talking about, you know, what is happening with how they view their life. Yeah. and how they view their future and whether or not those values that talk to at least here living going to school maybe working to a future it's at a disconnect for them yeah. you know they're not sure they know how to have those values and live that life and i think it really brings just states of anxiety and confusion Absolutely. to the forefront yeah, and a look, take a plant. You look at a plant. If it's flourishing, you don't even think about it. Of course the roots will be good, right? So if you look at young people, if they're not flourishing and happy and prosperous, and prosperous doesn't mean just money in the bank, but that's an element. You know, if you're worried about money, then, of course, all your attention is going to go on that and just basic survival needs. If you just take Maslow's um, hierarchy, you just, you, you're down at survival the whole time. Um but, you know, you take a young person, if they're not flourishing and, and strong and enthusiastic and dynamic and, and contributing and serving and happy and interested and open, then the roots, the anchor isn't there within themselves because that is a natural state. And I think it's important to acknowledge that every society wants their young people to uh, thrive and prosper. It's natural. We all want that. And so it's concerning to see so many young people struggling. To me, that is an indication that the values, the roots are not strong. The anchor isn't strong within themselves. It's not 
there. And that just means they're not being taught or it's not being taught and the knowledge hasn't been presented. Um, and I'm just going back to Sanskrit because Sanskrit just bypasses all the kind of hang-ups with tradition yeah. and, and whether you want, you like what your family said and whether your right. parents were at you and your were. Sanskrit just comes in at another level and the thing is it doesn't matter whether you're, it doesn't matter what tradition or religion or anything, Sanskrit will refresh your own tradition, your own background, your own religion. In that way, it's completely neutral because it's universal. It's um, not pro- it's not promoting one thing over another and it's not telling you what to believe. It's just throwing the spotlight onto the whole concept of values and the importance of it. And yeah. that's the very power in the language. It just, you go, oh, I hadn't thought of that before. And that's Sanskrit, pure and perfectly formed. Yeah. And this whole thing of honour, if you just realise that whatever you take into your heart, you're honouring like a, um, a an honoured guest, you'd be very careful the thoughts and feelings that you have in your heart because you're actually bowing down to them in your heart. It's a natural thing. So those two things of Arika and Mulyam, just to, I mean, I've got a lot more in my program mm. about this and how to practice, but, you know, just that takes a whole different approach from what you may have learned at school or at home about values. It gives another dimension. Well, let's talk about the FUSE program because, you know, we're talking about Conscious Confidence, your upcoming book, but what you're doing is much more than that. You know, whether we want to or not, as human beings, I think sometimes we need a blueprint. You know, it's here's where I am, Sarah. This is where I want to go. I don't know how to get from here to there. Um, And it doesn't mean that we're talking about changing who I am, right? You know, know. if if you're going to take up, if you're going to take a geranium and you're going to plant it, you want to make sure that you're planting it in good soil. The roots are growing. But if the geranium even asks you, I don't want to be a geranium anymore. I want to be a rubber tree plant. That's a different conversation. But the FUSE program does something very unique, and it's key if we're talking about building those strong roots. Let's talk about that for a minute, because if you're going to talk about values, there's got to be a way to have folks experience the fullness of what they mean individually. Yeah. Well, the FUSE program, um, the Conscious Confidence FUSE program, it's a six-part program, okay, and it's all derived from Sanskrit and you don't have to learn Sanskrit, you don't have to read Sanskrit, you don't have to write Sanskrit, it, but all the knowledge is derived from that um, and it includes knowledge and you need knowledge, you need good, actual, proper knowledge and that's what I was taught um, and I was given that knowledge. It's full of stories, traditional teaching stories and modern accounts um, of people actually living this and there's practice because you need the practice. Practice is where it's tra- knowledge is transformed into actual being and experience and that's where the transformation takes place. So it's got all of that. Um, and a young person transitioning from adulthood needs the, the timeless wisdom, the clear, strong knowledge and a method to experience it. Okay, and you can hear the teacher in my voice. Here. I get, I, I, you know, I can't help myself. It's how I, it's yeah, how but I, I think this is a teaching moment. It absolutely yeah. is because I yeah. see 
young people struggling and I just think they haven't been taught the right things, the, the true things. And, and what you say about changing yourself, you don't have to do that. You just have to realise who you actually fundamentally already are and what the true natural experience is, which is happy and prosperous and thriving and strong and being able to meet challenges well. That is natural. And it is possible to do that. It needn't be this precarious thing where we're just a wreck the whole time. That is unnatural and yeah. out of balance. So, and then the, the Conscious Confidence is a six-part program and it covers the foundations and the essence of true confidence anchored in timeless wisdom. So we start with the foundations and that's core values and a positive attitude. And I look at what the Sanskrit says about values as I've outlined here, and um, I look at what the Sanskrit says about attitude, and attitude is very interesting. So those two things, you need to get the values and the attitude right first, and the Sanskrit lays it all out and there's practices for that. Then we go into what I call the fourfold energy of conscious confidence, which is focusing, uniting, simplifying, and energising. And there's Sanskrit words for all of those. They're very beautiful. Focusing, you need to be able to keep your attention. Uniting, simplifying and energising. And that's where we get the FUSE program. Six parts, values, attitude, focusing, uniting, simplifying, energising. Simple knowledge, it's very beautiful, very powerful. Practices, stories, what's not to like. Well, and ancient timeless wisdom. Yep. And I think that's the key part. See, you know, it yep. doesn't matter how modernized we get. doesn't matter how fast things speed up. doesn't matter what the next blockbuster movie is. Yep. We're talking about something that's universal that can be applied to a way of life, regardless of what your life is like. Absolutely. Yeah. It is time. It is timeless and it's universal. Timeless mm -hmm. means without time and universal means anywhere, anytime, any place. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We're going to take a short break and it's very short. When we come back, there's a special way that Sarah is going to really bring this all together for us, a very beautiful way uh, and a very powerful way. And one of the things that I, I will say is that sometimes there are things that we hear, sounds and chants, and you know you resonate with them. And if for one minute, we didn't try to explain away why we do and just do. Everything stops. The chatter stops. When we come back, Sarah is going to share that with you. Let's take a very short break. We'll be right back. I have struggled with anxiety my entire adult life. My mind was constantly filled with feelings of dread and negative thoughts about myself. But then I completed Dr. Friedemann's breakthrough program and can't believe how much my life has changed in just a few months. Dr. Friedemann's methods are different from anything I've ever tried and they make so much sense and more importantly, they work. I can never thank Dr. Friedemann enough for his guidance and wisdom. Visit TheEmpowermentSolution.com and find out how his breakthrough program can help you transform your life. Are you ready to finally feel empowered and knowledgeable in your political stance? Let Marsha Padilla Gog educate you on exactly how important grassroots advocacy is in a relatable way to all parties and all perspectives. Tune in to Grassroots Advocacy Radio with Marsha every first Tuesday of the month at 12 p.m. Pacific and 3 p.m. Eastern on TransformationTalkRadio.com. 
For more, visit dynamicsinpublicaffairs.com. Wow. Hey, everyone. Welcome. Uh, welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. This is Talk Radio to Thrive By. I'm telling you, I got to pinch myself some days because when each of us gets called to do something that we so not thought was in our wheelhouse to do for a purpose that's so much greater than us, we get to show up and shine. If you would like to show up and shine on the Dr. Pat Show as a co-host or sponsor, send us an email to inspire at the com. Welcome back, everyone. Welcome back. Um, Sarah, thank you for a fabulous show. I mean, it's a powerful message, and it's a message that the world is going to hear a lot about as we continue to move forward. Um, I want to make sure for folks that would like to know more about the FUSE program and about Sarah, you can go to ConsciousConfidence.com. That's ConsciousConfidence.com. You could also Google Sarah Main, right? S-A-R-A-H-M-A-N-E. You can do that. She will come up with the show, many places uh, that the show is aired. But the main thing is everything we're talking about today, Sarah works with people in depth about this in transformative way. Um, you know, today, Sarah, you're gonna, you, we're going to bring this all forward in a beautiful, beautiful uh, recitation, if we could. You're going to share with us, as you do at the end of the show, something so beautiful and yet the meaning of it so powerful. And I wanna thank you today and thank you for this. Thank you, Pat. This is um, a short piece. It's from the Yajur Veda, which is very ancient. It's chapter 34, verse one, if you want to look it up. Um, and I'm going to chant it just on a single note, which is different from having a tune. And it, it's very pure to do it that way. The translation first in English is, that divine intelligence, the one far shining light of lights, spreads far in waking and goes the same way in sleep. May my mind rest in that, intent on the highest good. Om Yajjagrato Duramudaiti Daiwam Tadu Suptasya Tataiwaiti Durangamang Jyoti Shan Jyoti Rekam Tanme Manah Shiva Sankalpamastu. Sarah, thank you. Thank you so very much. Conscious Confidence Radio. We covered a lot today, but the thing I want to say to everyone is each of us that wants to continue to grow, that wants to build strong roots, you know, that maybe have children or grandchildren that may be lost out there that may need a way to define their life, to refine their life, please call and email Sarah Main, ConsciousConfidence.com. I'm Dr. Pat. Thank you all for tuning us in today. We'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to Conscious Confidence with Sarah Main. Join us next month on Transformation Talk Radio for more timeless wisdom with Sarah's exciting and innovative approach to living. Discover more joy, freedom, and step into your limitless potential. For more information on Sarah Main and her work, or to listen to past shows, visit sarahmain.com.